I know they're rainbow. Mariah got them for me. <laughs> she knows you well. When I got them, I was like, did you really get me rainbow shorts? And she's like, well, <laughs> I didn't really think about it until after. I'm like, well, I'm going to wear the shit out of these. So, yeah. Don't, don't get embarrassed when I'm out and about with rainbow shorts. The worst part is, is they're your favorite shorts now. This is actually the first time I've worn them. They look good. I got them for Father's Love Day. Love them. Mariah's sneaking around behind you. She's stealing one of my good beers. Oh. We're waving like she can see us in the room. I know. <laughs> yeah, she knows that we're talking about her, though. Like her friend. Well, it's so funny. It's, uh, so I posted that uh, the uh, two bros. And Mariah DMs me and goes, will you please t- take Steven? <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to sell you off. Probably. That was about right. I'm driving in that all the time. Kyle was just hooking up with some rando when we were in Utah. Yeah. What's his, what was his name? <laughs> <laughs> It was not a. Uh, it was not a she, or it's not a he. He showed us. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, we can leave it at that. Well. Anyway, I already started this recording. Nice. Yeah, we don't edit anything. No, fuck no. That's way too much work. No. I listened to. Well, let's actually do an intro first. This is Fr Lock Back from the Dead episode. Whatever, back from the dead. We, I don't know how many times. Twenty now. I don't know how many times I've started an episode. It's like we're back, and then we don't record for six months. That's not so, my fault. It might be a little bit. Not probably really. Half, probably fifty fifty percent half my fault. <clears throat> there was a time, like before the last episode, you were really busy, and then the last episode, you're like, yeah, I'm finally not that busy anymore. And then ever since then, it's just been. And then I got super fucking busy, busy again. That's yeah, happened. we both did. But, so, but now things are a little bit more settled down, and yep. I actually have a little bit more sanity in my life. So that's cool. So, if it wasn't obvious, it's Kyle and Steven and myself, Trevor. Fuck Kyle. Fuck Kyle. I'm back. <laughs> I've <laughs> met Kyle in person now. Like it's a, it's official. Yeah. But did you guys sleep and in the same all... tent? No, he would not no. stay at our Airbnb. Bummer. But I did nuzzle Roland. You did nuzzle Roland awake that one morning, <laughs> and he and he helped me. My favorite part about the trip, or not favorite part, but one of my favorite parts about that trip is I blew my steering rack up, and Steven was our Kyle's like, I was like, I'm going back to Airbnb. I'm gonna swap my steering rack out. So it'll be good. And then Kyle shows up, and then everyone else shows up for getting dinner, and we were already done swapping my steering rack out. And it was like an hour. And a half or something like that. And those aren't that no. easy on the other ones. I fucking no. hate swapping steering racks. And I heard it's even worse on like FBAs oh. and fourth gens. And... Yeah, yeah, it was under stuff. an hour. Like I got there. Trevor already had his skids plates off. Because I was in the back of the... We were uh, coming out of Hell's, Hell's Gate. We ran up there to go play on the escalator. Yep. And I get to the end of the trail. And it's me, Nick, and uh, Vince. And we're sitting there going... I was like, where's Trevor? Like, oh, he's headed back to the condo to swap the steering rack. We're going to go get dinner. It's like, oh, way to be a bro. (laughs) 
So Whatever. I, I had, had you there. David pick up food. By the time I got back to the condo, Trevor had his skid plates dropped and was pulling steering rack bolts. I popped the steering columns and we had the new rack in before they even got back. So it, mm-hmm. it was like 45 minutes we had the steering swapped. Yeah. And I wow. put my new Tundra tie rods in just because we already had everything out. So I was like, fuck it, let me just throw those in. So that's what... Keep the other ones probably... in stairs. Yeah. Yeah. But come anyway, to find out that really wasn't the issue. Yeah, fucking awesome. That was my favorite part about that. I just wanted to find out that... on my other one, and it took me like two hours by myself with this, on a third gen forerunner. It was easy, but it still took yeah, me two hours. Yeah, third long. gens are so much easier. Yeah, took me two hours. Four... It took me like yeah, thirty minutes just bolts. to get the steering column off the little thing. It was like seized on. So that took me yeah. a while. I so did like my... a pry bar on there and pop it. It still didn't work. I had to put a chisel in the little separator thing. And yep. Finally got it after like 30 minutes. It sucked. I was miserable. It was like 105 degrees out too. That's awful. My I started coating mine in anti-seize when I put them back together. I wasn't that yeah. smart. That's smart. With the biggest, like before, and I'm not even sure how it happened. Uh, right before we left, I put the aluminum uh, rack bushings in. And I How'd was that like, work? well... I think they work really, really good. I think this break was completely unrelated to anything. Kyle was in front of me when it happened. We were on Kings Creek, and we are like, after Hamburger Hill, it's basically just like an access road till you drop down the hill to the river, and then, like, it's a, a mild obstacle, then you basically drive out the whole way. But it's pretty narrow, so everyone always hugs the hillside instead of the cliffside, obviously. I didn't see this rock that was, like, a foot tall like foot wide just a decent sized rock and we're going pretty good like four low like second like second gear third gear uh like 15 20 miles an hour not too fast because it's literally straight off on the one side but moving enough and i just caught that rock just right where it like stopped my truck shifted me to the left like and then like took my steering wheel and went all the way to lock and then some and so i thought it broke a tooth on the steering rack and then uh it, so when I got back to Kyle, we jacked the truck up, steered back and forth. We didn't get anything weird out of, like, the steering rack. Everything felt fine or whatever, but just driving it on the street. And I could turn fine passenger, but I couldn't turn very easily to the driver. Like, it took, like, both hands, and I had to be moving to turn driver. Did you blow the seals? Was it leaking at all? No, it wasn't leaking or anything. Huh. So I wheeled it the rest of the day on Hamburger Hill, or on Canes Creek. Then we ended up going to Hell's Revenge. And it drove fine in the escalator and out when we were out on Hell's driving out to the escalator and then out. And it seemed to be okay. And then I was like, it still couldn't turn very far driver. And so I just said, fuck it. I'll swap the steering rack out. I did that. It didn't help. And then I thought maybe it overpressurized the power steering pump and then like blew the fins off of it. And for whatever reason, I didn't have power, like power steering was super weak. So the next morning, which this was our last day there, next morning... I swapped power steering pump out and it's still doing the same thing. So I told Kyle, I was like, I'm not going to fucking wheel it. It's, I don't Everybody know what's going turned on. into a giant bitch that day. Yep, it's true. At least I had an excuse that my shit was broken. But everyone, the last two days, everyone but me, you, and Tuan was a bitch. Yeah. They went on uh, a sightseeing trip and went hiking. Yeah. But so I put my, I put it all back together after the power steering pump, drove into town, and then on my way into town, I like looked down and i like i start losing power steering i'm like oh that's cool 
and I look down and my temperature is climbing. I'm like, uh-oh. So I pull off and I pop the hood and the belt's just completely chewed up and gone. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I turn around and I wave Tuan down that I was turning around and he could see my truck just pissing fucking antifreeze too. And so I pull into the fucking O'Reilly parking lot, pop the hood, start trying to figure out what's going on, untangle the broken belt, get all that taken care of, rehook the coolant lineup that it kicked off. Because uh, when the belt broke, it just knocked the upper radiator hose off. Uh, and then it only got to like 205. But I get sent to that on a regular basis. <laughs> right. So I wasn't even really worried yeah. about it. So fix all that, put the belt back on. I was like, well, fuck, this power steering pump is probably what caused the issue. And my old power steering pump, I had just returned to Napa in fucking Utah as a core. And I was like, shit. So. I started looking into it. Tuan and I got the old or the new belt on, and we looked, and you can barely see on the one GRs, uh, the water pump pulley, and I think it's an idler pulley are really close together. Yep. And unless you get down and pull the fender flap out and look down the side of the belt, you can't see it. But it's literally off two ribs. And when we put the belt back on, it was also off two ribs. So I think I just did that and drove it into town, and it fucking tore the belt up. So once I fixed. Once we got it, the new belt on properly and everything, I drove all the way home, didn't have any issues. Got home, still dealt with the same issue, looked at replacing the intermediate shaft, but I took the intermediate shaft out and it didn't, it felt fine. I didn't feel like it was binding up or anything. And then I figured out, uh, and I don't know if like, if when it shocked it, it caused it or what. I don't know how it happened, but basically it pushed the intermediate shaft up and collapsed the rag joint. So like that rubber piece that goes in there, mm-hmm. it completely flattened it out and like basically preloaded it. So when you put the rack back in, it was also the same way. So it was the same thing. So that uh, with the U-joints and everything on the intermediate shaft, it needs room to, that rag joint's supposed to have uh, like that some tension on it. Yeah. So it's not supposed to. It acts as the slip joint. Basically, yeah, because it, it's ex- exactly what it does, because there is no really slip joint on there. So the rag joint, the rubber piece was all the way collapsed. So I figured out that on the intermediate shaft up in the steering column is where it slid up. So I unbolted it all, loosened everything up, and then pushed it all down, and then reconnected the rag joint. It actually had some movement in it. And then after that, like I can... Like, at, like, 10 PSI, I can just one hand turn left and right now. And I was like, wow, that was a fucking issue. And it was literally, like, 20 minutes to fix that. So Wow, all that work and yeah. so stupid. All that work and not wheeling the last day because of Which it. Which was shit. Yeah. Oh, so who, wheeled, who wheeled the last day? I, no one? No one. No one. Or Kyle did a little bit, right? No. Uh, I can't remember that. That trip was so long for me. Yeah, um, but because you were in Colorado got, before. I, yeah, I did did the uh, best of the West with uh, Warfab um, prior to it, but I gotta say, like fun. You, talk about yeah. best of the West a little bit. That that was really cool. Um, so it was the mad. I had a three week mad thrash with David to get his truck done. Um. I I can't believe how many lists we made and crossed items off to get his his purple truck down there. And then uh, uh, we didn't get there till like three thirty in the morning to Colorado. 
woke up the next morning and just went wheeling with him. Um, I, like Mike, Mike threw together a killer event. Um, super cool dude. Like just everybody that came out there was super awesome. Nobody gave a shit. And even when shit went sideways, nobody gave a shit then either. So, uh, but the trails that Mike put together were just nuts. Like I've done a lot of the hammers trails. They were just as hard, if not harder. The rocks were insane. They were moving all over the place, just like hammer trails. Um, I wrecked my drive shaft. Somehow, still doesn't have vibration. Um, but yeah, it was it was tons of fun. Um, Chris Goss uh, gets after it. He is a man. Like without skid put, plates. Without skid plates, he's got Ooh. some Chevy, the Chevy sixty three springs, some Bilstein shocks. He's running OEM coilovers. Like he basically just put BFG crawler thirty fives on it and wheels the holy piss out of it. it and it's full incredible. Hydro. Yeah, he did get his full hydro done. He does have a front locker, uh, but you know, it was super cool watching him being able to just sit in one spot and just one finger turn the steering wheel, pissed in the rocks. Off. Full hydro is fucking awesome, huh? Yeah. yeah, no. How does he like cool. it on the street? Um, he's he's still working out some uh, bump steer and Ackerman angles, um, but and then he did he did say he should have gone uh, with PSD instead of the trail gear setup. But and for what he uses the truck for, it works. And he took some crazy lines and just no fear in that guy. Like it, it was he, awesome to watch. Is he dual face? No. No, but he no. still blew up that ADD tube anyway. Yeah, well, that was the last of his breaks that trip. He had so many breaks that trip. It was just his time to get fucked. Um, so that, that first day, he sheared his rear drive shaft clean in half. Nice. Like, two pieces. It was awesome. David parked his purple truck at the bottom of the trail. Um, he didn't want to tear the, his new truck up, which I get. Kind of. It, you kind of got to break it in stuff. before you just go balls to the walls on the hardest shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Because yeah. literally, he went Especially from cause... driving a piece of shit truck to rebuilding everything to let's go to the hardest trails and see how it does. Especially because oh, David's was... dumbass brother that built the truck mostly for him had his locker switch. So when he had his <laughs> rear locker on, it was the front locker. <laughs> And motherfucker Man. drove, he drove 12 hours on a trail with a front locker engaged. Yeah. <laughs> at what point did he realize that, huh, it's really hard to steer? We, All so, day. He thought the steering rack was blown. Like, literally, we had this conversation <laughs> that the steering rack was blown, and he didn't want to try anything too hard because of it. And it was a what fucking was locker. so funny about this is, so I bought a new ARB wiring harness because I didn't want to fuck with trying to rebuild the one that came on the truck because that truck was so hacked together. Like, there's trail fixes, and then there's this truck that's just hacked together. So I, I put a new ARB harness in it. And as I'm hooking up the solenoids to the to the air compressor, I swapped the two plugs on the harness side somehow. And so his rear locker switch was really his front. 
and so like the first day we get to Moab, we to the top of uh, Pritchett to meet these guys. And right before he gets to the top, David's steering rack pisses fluid out. I'm like, well, shit, I've got a spare rack if we need, but let's limp this thing out of here. It was probably getting hot from the front locker being on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm still dumb at Like, nothing's changed there. So, anywho, we're going through Golden Spike, Gold Bar Inn, and, and uh, Golden Spike. And we're well past halfway. We're like 20 miles into this trail that I've been. And and David just cannot steer anymore. So I pulled the line, because it, it felt like a locker was engaged. So I pulled the line to his front diff, thinking that the solenoid was stuck, because I didn't replace the solenoid. And it just starts spewing air out of the air compressor. I was like, uh, David, click your rear, your rear locker off. Sure shit. Turns off. <laughs> yep, I had wired them backwards. <laughs> but what we did learn is you can drive 20 miles of hard trail with the front locker and shit doesn't break. This is true. That's that's on a second gen solo. Yeah. And on yeah. my third gen forerunner, I leave that locker on, it breaks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Kyle's seen it many times. <clears throat> Literally, well, that's why I something just two face. Well, that's yeah. why you. I've seen you load up. I'm sure. Tire. One tire to pull you up the rocks, or one front tire to pull just the truck up and over six inches, it'll blow a CV. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, the third gen CVs fucking are trash. Totally. totally. So, now that no one has any idea what we're talking about, yeah. back up. Uh, Steven? rig update obviously we know that the ls rig is still at caleb's and that you bought a new vehicle i don't know if oh, yeah, everyone that listening was... does it last podcast was january wow we got a lot months. to go over yeah it's been okay. six months it's gonna be a my long truck one. my truck has changed a lot in six months and Stephen has two vehicles now kyle has a lot to talk about that Depending on how much he wants to talk about. My, so my let's start. Changed. It's true. Let's talk about Steven. And then we can also talk about the trip or the Moab trip and shit too. But so let's start, Steven. Talk about the LS truck and then talk about the new truck. All right. So LS truck, uh, that one, kind of taking it really, really slow on that one. Caleb's just been absolutely slammed with work. He's gotten really busy, which is really good for him. And. In the meantime, I was just dying not having a vehicle to off-road. So a lot of my friends were like, just get something to go out and have some fun with. Especially my brother. My brother, he finally got a 4Runner going out off-roading, and he was just nagging me constantly. So I was out there on the back patio just chilling with my wife. And I was on Facebook Classifieds, and I saw third-gen 4Runner come up for like, I think it was listed for like four grand. And it was like the interior was like super clean, brand new seats, had e-locker, four-wheel drive, had all the things that, you know, you'd want in a stock third gen. It was limited, so it had like the nicer interior and stuff like that. So, you know what, stay on the street, I'll go look at it. So I went and pulled a few grand cash, drove over there, talked him down to like 3400 
came home with it. So tuned it all up. Got I took the coilovers from the other Forerunner. Bought some King Shocks. Actually, I initially bought some Philstein 5100s, and then I melted them. Literally, like the rubber boots melted off, and so it blew boiling shock oil everywhere. So I got some Kings with resins and stuff, and I'm just nice. keeping it as a super mild. Got all the I'm Keith stuff on there. Super mild. That way, I could just go out and have fun, just keep me busy. So now that that's keeping me busy and I'm being happy, I, I, I'm in my happy place, just cruising around, having fun. Told Caleb he's been slammed. Just take your time. It gives me time to save and really kind of go a little bit further down the rabbit hole. So I'm kind of going a little bit more race truck on it now. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much where it's at. It's kind of been a really slow process the last six months. We had to wait a while for like parts to come in. But we got the parts in back in April. We ordered parts in January, early January, and it took like April to get parts in. Like all the shift kits, all the wiring stuff all kinds of stuff so he's got part of the engine cage started got the radiator mocked up pretty much has everything besides the electrical left to do and he's yeah. 3d printing a gauge cluster so oh, that's, that's gonna cool. be pretty cool too so uh, i've seen the updates that he's done and it looks really good it's a bummer that yeah. the engine cage work that you just did before got scrapped but scrapped. it's like years really, ago really good job and I already yeah. expected when I first dropped it off, he's like, I'm probably going to have to cut this off. I'm like, well, if you don't have to, don't. But I understand if you have to, because I didn't really design it initially for a long-term engine gauge. It was more, if I can make it work, it'll work. But I designed it more as structural for all the fenders, the core support, headlights, grill, winch, you know, all that stuff. I had to tie in because I built that super low profile bumper. So I had to tie it all in and my entire inner fender poster was crumbling. So that was right. really the main point of it at the time. So I'm not too worried. So LS truck is basically going to be done when Caleb has time. And the new, so the beer runner, which is the LS truck, and then the yeah. new floor runner, what's done to it now? You said you got kings for it. Like basically like three and a half inch lift, thirty or three inch lift, thirty five or thirty three. Yeah, it's like it. a it's like a one and a half two inch lift. I did. Uh, I have my coilovers that I had from the beer runner, and I put them on here. They're just the old, um, what are they? Donho Racing coilovers. Back before Icon was a thing, I Donho Racing. So I have those on there, and I have the uh, JL coils in the rear. So just it's okay. a mild like two inch one and a half two inch lift. Super simple. I got 33s, the skinny 33s, and uh, cracking beers, huh? <laughs> oh, I brought the whole case in my office with me. I see nice. that. <laughs> so, yeah, I did all the I'm key stuff, limit scraps. Um, yeah, just keep it super simple. I'm not trying to do it. It's That's it for now. For now, You did yeah. say, you did tell Keith several times, I want to buy a third gen just so I can put all I'm key shit on it. Because I'm cutting yep. it all off my phone. The, the only thing I haven't done is the bumper and the uh, the rear bumper and the uh, fuel tank relocation, which I'm not doing the fuel tank relocation. But bumper, I keep going back and forth. I really like it being like super stock. So I actually yeah, like drive it, it, does it, look really nice. drive it to work all the time. I hate right. the stupid freaking fat lip bumper. What I'm thinking right. is I'm going to get the like older bottle bumper. The chrome, like super okay. tight one. Yeah. And I'm going to cut yep. the bottom off of it and make like a little bit of like a low profile uh, pre rider bumper underneath, but kind of hidden. So it's not like super okay. visible, but still has some. Yeah, that's and... what we did. 
that's what we did with uh, my older brother's forerunner. He had a he had a ninety six or ninety eight forerunner to start with, and we we did that same thing. Yeah, and it, it that's what they're, they're so they're so well clearanced. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what I, I did on my FJ and like Tuan Vu. He did on his TX. The like the 120 series stuff is basically like there's a whole rear crash bar that's obviously in the back of the truck underneath the bumper, and so I took like four inches of my plastic bumper and cut it halfway up that crash bar. So now you just see the little bit of the crash bar back there, and it's so nice. You don't ever rip the plastic bumper off and shit. And it's a steel bumper. It's the back of the truck. All the, only thing you put bumpers on for is to protect the body. And it's like, exactly. there's no body to protect above that crash bar. So it's like, Juan did it on his GX. I'm, th- I'm sure I'll do a rear bumper eventually, but I'll probably cut my shit off right at the back door. But. Yeah. Yeah. So on this one, the only thing I'm going to really do next is I have some sliders that Robert built that I'm going to weld on. I've had them since I got it. And I just haven't had time to weld them on. And I don't need it because I'm not going to play on the rocks with this one. And then I'm doing 529 gears too, so I have that low nice. gearing to still go out and play in the desert yeah. and shit. That's all I care about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I still drive it to work every day, which is great, even though I have a daily driver. Right. Yeah. I still do not shit. have not done that yet. It's the best mod my, ever. My, my Tacoma ended up being my daily for the last three weeks. Because the Ford's broken? Well, both of the Ford's broke. Uh, blue Did you just and get rid of a Chevy? So you can buy a Ford, so you can break another Ford, and then break another Ford. So yeah. wait, everyone, hold on a second. I don't. Fuck. I shouldn't give this information out, but I'm going to because I'm a nice guy. Right. And who really fucking listens to this podcast anyway? Sure. Ten people. Yes. Wait, it's funny I say that, and like we have like like eighteen thousand total listens or some shit like that. But, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> but. I, I was talking to, so Andrew Shreve or Sheev, however you pronounce his last name, I'm probably butchering it. Uh, he is like a suspension engineer for Eric Miller, the Ultra 4, Eric Miller, Miller Racing, Miller Chassis. Really? Yeah, Miller Motorsports. So, yeah, Miller Motorsports. For whatever reason, we became friends on Instagram, kind of like how all of us did. And I just like bullshit back and forth him all the time and DMs. He told me that Ford Raptor takeoffs so they're two and a half inch uh fox uh ipvs and they're 11 and a half inch travel shocks from the factory you can buy takeoffs of raptors for like 400 bucks for front and rear i do for us fronts aren't really useful but even if you can get rear for two three hundred bucks that's fourteen hundred fifteen hundred dollar fucking shocks that 11 and a half inch shocks call them a 12 inch shock that you get for you know Two three hundred dollars instead of you know fourteen hundred dollars, and then obviously the, revalve them. You'll probably have to change the mounting location on your truck or whatever. But right, it's still a pin. I no, that's a bolt. They're not it's pin a three top. bolt on the top now. Yeah, they're not, no, they're not a pin top. But that that OEM shock that they're now putting on the Raptors is so good. Like well, in the, the Fox, Fox put some serious time into that. The one. second gen. The second gen shock is a three a three zero instead of a two point five. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what and my buddy has those... on his uh, Grand Cherokee. Raptor takeoffs. Yeah, he has Raptor takeoffs on his Grand Cherokee. Such a good idea. Like, and I didn't even think oh, about really it. He posted is. them, 
And I was like, are those Raptor takeoffs? And he's like, yeah. I was like, do they fit on F-150s? Because Kayla has her F-150. And it's like spacer lifted and shit. And it needs, like, it doesn't need new shocks yet. It's only got 80,000 miles on it. But I was like, that's what I'm going to look for when so she needs new stress. I'm going to get some Raptor takeoffs. A million times on my F-150, I'm not just doing the shock swap. I'm actually buying somebody's takeoff front suspension and just putting on my F-150. But I always got to the point of, no, it, it's a day I'm not going to. I'm not going to yeah. do that to it. I don't need all that. I just want, you know, the ride quality and shit of the 2.0 yeah. or 2.5s. And he said he's found enough, like, foxes and kings and stuff for forerunners and FJs where he thinks the uh, those 2.5s from the Raptors, the stock valve stack, would probably work mint on an FJ or a forerunner. It, it probably would. I think it's going to make the biggest difference on the FJ or Forerunner platform. Because what I found with the Leaf Packs uh, on a Tacoma, it really doesn't matter what shock you have back there yeah. if you're still spring over axle. just right. doesn't matter. It drives like shit either way with no up travel. Yeah. Yeah, it's still... Like, I had I had Fox, or I had King 2.5-inch... Uh, shocks on the rear of my truck before it got four linked, and I went back to the building because the building was 11 and a half inches of travel, and there's no difference, right? Dude, so what's crazy? Well, actually, before we get into too much, Kyle, do you want to talk about all your stuff you have going on? Yeah, uh, my, my truck is still the same, it's kind of on the back burner. Um, I've been busy as hell with all sorts of other other projects um and the, the biggest one is i am moving from salt lake area up to boise idaho in september and with that move uh i'm actually opening up a shop uh there in boise for off-road fabrication suspension and pretty much anything that anybody needs um, fabricated uh so, my my old my old high school buddy Holden, uh, I've known him for years. Um, his his wife got accepted to med school up there in Boise, and she's in that area, so her whole, whole family's up there. And uh, so they decided to move. And Holden does a lot of custom work. Uh, he, yeah, he, builds he builds some custom badass cars. Rods. Yeah, the guy's talented as all hell. Um, he, uh, just finished, I think it was a 53 Chevy pickup that is just stunning. He did some incredible metal work on it. Just, yeah, it, it's a gorgeous truck. And, uh, he's been working for, uh, Weaver Customs the last, oh, God, seven, eight years, uh, working for him. And, uh, and, he decided that uh, it's time to quit working for Weavers and actually go out on his own and start building custom cars for for customers. And, and it's all kind of worked out because now I'm working from home, so it doesn't matter where I live. And uh, he said, hey, why don't you come up to Boise with me and let's, let's open up a shop. I'm quitting working for Weavers. I'm done training horses. So it's all... It's all focused. He's all focused on doing custom custom work for people. So I I went hell yeah I'm all bored. We talking about starting our own shop since we were in high school. 
and so it's it's finally it's finally coming together now. So uh, September we're going to be moving up there, um, and we're we're starting our own shop. Uh, it's actually really cool. We've got a got a shop already lined up. We've got a house lined up. So uh, I'm gonna have to come check that out once you get up. And the shop is at the house, right? It's on the same property. No, it's 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 actually it's its own shop, a commercial land. Um, it, I haven't seen it up there. I actually haven't even been to Boise yet. So you like it. Boise's very nice. Yeah, it, it's really, it's really nice up there. So I haven't seen the shop yet. Um, but we're, so it's an actual separate shop. And then the house that that's lined up with us, um, it has a barn. Uh, that has a floor, and so we're converting that into some stores so I can put my race trailer and all all of our crap, the other project trucks we've got sitting on hold, um, so we can actually clear up some shop space there. Um, so <clears throat> my my day job's gone super slow now, so I I I have quite a bit of time, and with trying to fund his wife's med school, um, we're we're really gonna push hard on it. So, you know, any, anybody in the Boise area or wants to bring your truck up to us, uh, please. <laughs> is, that, is that something you, because I've thought about this before, like, I don't know if it would be, like, feasible at all. But I've always thought if I opened a shop up, I would probably try to do it uh, on, like, the east side of Washington. Because housing is so much cheaper. You can get land over there. You can build a shop over there for so much cheaper. And... I was like, if I did that, basically, I would obviously open a shop up, do that stuff. And then if someone on the west side or Idaho or Oregon is like, hey, I want this work done on my truck, blah, 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 blah. It's going to be a big project. It's going to take like, you know, you know, four or five weeks to get it done. But you're on Eastern Washington. I was like, no, no worries. I One of my part of my services is going and picking your truck up, bringing it back to the shop, doing all the work on it, then putting it back on the trailer and taking it back down there. Yeah. Have you thought about? No. Let, I mean, yeah, that's something we'll totally do. Uh, especially, right. you know, if it's a big project that's going to take two or three weeks, um, like a, a, a front tubbing for 37. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I've, I have the trucks and trailers to go get trucks and bring them in and, and work on it. And that's and that's one of those I'm, I'm happy to do. Um, I, it's basically one of those just pay for the diesel fuel to get there and back and yeah, exactly. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Especially if the truck's going to be in the shop for three weeks. I mean, those. I mean, I'm I'm currently tubbing a, a four hundred for thirty sevens, and it's it's taking quite a quite a bit of time. So I mean, it, it's one of those that yeah, no, we'll we'll totally do it, and you know, and Holden does. He's he's got such a good set of skills to where you could throw anything in front of him, and he'll knock it out. Um, so between the two of us, you know, we're, we're really pushing hard. Um, we're trying to we're trying to make sure that we can fund the med school because um, I, I saw my day job. So I'm not I'm not too too worried about you know where I'm at. Um, but with Holden quitting his day job, he's done. He quit uh, training horses. You know, we're he he's all in at this point. Uh, this is his only income. You know, because his wife can't have a have a job while going to med school so right but you know boise's gotten big enough and it's busy enough that you know we should have 
we should be able to drum up enough business and you know he he does incredible work so that speaks you know. for itself right there the, the work Kelly's he does here. i've seen some yeah, it. it's, it's, uh, it's freaking impressive so, especially for his freaking age too some of these guys are like you know in their late 30s 40s 50s and they're these you know incredible people that know and are able to do all this stuff he's not even 30 yeah. right uh he just yeah he turned 30 last year okay so, but yeah, he's uh, young, and he yeah, he does some incredible work. It, it's nuts. So his his Instagram is uh, HJ Customs. Um, and job customs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the way to remember it. So no, he he does great work. Um, you know, my my work is shoddy at best. <laughs> I, I disagree, but you know, it's impressive. <laughs> it's impressive. Two years ago, when we did your four link, you were just you're absorbing every little bit of it, and you're just willing to work and learn. Really, was what it was. And now you're doing this shit on your own, and it's pretty fucking impressive the shit you're doing. Yeah, it, this uh, the the tubbing on this forerunner that I'm doing right now is has turned out so clean. Oh, like, I'm, it I'm is probably... literally like it's. I like how you, like, started. You're like, I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to cut this out. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to cut it all out, and I'm going to do my own interventor. Yeah. And it looks fucking great. That was hilarious. You're like, I'm an inch away from cutting it all out in the next post. It's all cut out. <laughs> and you're, like, running tube to, like, build your own fender framing or your own fender sheet metal off. And I'm like, yeah, Kyle, like, that's was... how you do it. I, I did the same on my truck. But I was putting 39s on my truck going, yeah, no, there's no way I'm going to save the inner fender. Let's just cut it out. It's done with. This Forerunner is on for 37s. Yeah, it's a, it's a 2007 V8 Forerunner. Fantastic package. I wish I would have built one of these instead of my Tacoma. But Oh, anyhow. I strongly disagree. I'm pro. It's got a V8? Yeah, it has the 4.7 V8. Yeah. But the 4.7 V8 and this... I have this debate a lot. The 4.7 V8 and the FJ Cruiser or the 4Runner, there's a significant weight difference between the two. And, like, the GX oh, is, like, shit. it's, like, eight or 900 pounds heavier than an FJ. And it makes, like, 60 more horsepower. And I was like, that 60 horsepower you get from your V8 isn't worth the That's why you get a third-gen 4Runner, put an LS motor. Put an LS in it! <laughs> and they never drive it. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, uh, but the, the big thing is with that 4.7 is the torque curve out of that motor yeah. is just nuts. Um, right. But between the Tacoma that came off this from from Toyota at 4,500 pounds, the Forerunner with that V8 in 07 and 09 came off the floor at 4,800 pounds. So it's only you're only talking 300 pounds. Right. And as heavy as my truck is now, it, it just works well. So, and then the other thing we did with the Forerunner is we put a, we put a one-in-body lift on it up dog. front. <laughs> and, we, and we tapered the body lift back to zero at the back to get rid of that stupid stink bug look. That's the thing, like, good. yeah, fourth, the factory yeah. fourth gen. Yeah, and, and the only way to keep good geometry up front is to leave the no, the nose low and the back high. And so we, we did a tapered body lift where we ordered a one-inch body lift and shimmed it down to where it starts at an inch and then ends up at zero at the back. And nice. it worked really well. So I thought 
hey, with a one-inch body lift, 37s, no, I can totally keep the inner fenders. Nope. Yeah, no, no. There's so much up-travel into that fender well that it was just, this, this is stupid. By the time I got to the point where everything cleared, the fender was holding on, the inner fender was being held on by one inch on the firewall and like four inches under the headlight. And I would forget this. It's going to be easier to cut it out, put square tubing in, and then do clean, nice, flat uh, panels all the way around. And it, it turned out really, really good. Yeah, that's exactly... When I redo my FJ, that's how I'm going to do it. Like, Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much how I did my truck, but I decided to try to bend and curve everything and make it a nice circle yeah, around. Those square, pa- those cut angle panels look so good. Oh, it, it looks so much better. Like, I looked at my truck and went, oh, this tub job looks like shit. But, you know, it, it, you know what pissed Kyle better. off a lot when we were in Utah and he looked at my truck and realized for 38, and he had wheeled with me like two days in a row or three days or something, so we knew it cleared, and he bullshit. looked and he realized my firewall has been uncut. The only thing that's been cut is from like 10 inches up the firewall all the way to the headlight. You know what that means, up-travel. though? That means that you still have enough up-travel. I, I, it's spring binds, bro. <laughs> Not my fault. I, it's not your fault. I assume, Steven, I assumed the same <laughs> thing. I was like, this guy put bump stop spacers. He's a fucking cheater. He's standing he to 38. Kyle. And then I get under his truck and I go, God damn it, Trevor. Back to the bump stops. 38. You have a plus two kit. This is bullshit. It's literally plus two Duramump factory length. I was very, I, I tell people all the time, like, do you have, because like, uh, yeah, Curtis started making, so Curtis started making a uh, long travel bump stop is what he calls it. And it's like an inch longer because the bump pad and everything has moved down. And obviously the wider the control arm gets, the more up travel you have. Uh, just you know, So you put a longer bump stop in there to limit up travel. Now, right. now it makes sense, so, Trevor. No, no. <laughs> You're a cheater. I, You're everybody so when, I make fun of. Fuck you, hold on. When Curtis told me, <laughs> when Curtis started doing Durabumps, he reached out to like me, Steven, or I'm assuming Steven first, but like a few guys. He was like, hey, I want you guys to test these. And he's like, do you have long travel? Yeah. I said, yeah. And he's like, okay, let me, I got, I'm working on that revision or whatever. And I was like, no, send me the original ones. I run factory length bump stops now. And he's like, really? So I was like, yeah, send me those. So he sent me, so I run factory length Durabumps. Uh, and at full compression of the Durabump, because obviously you guys know, like, the first inch or whatever is pretty soft, and after that, yeah. it's pretty hard. So the first inch of the Durabump, once it fully compresses the Durabump, the spring is touching itself. Now... It's blocked out. It, yeah, so the spring is hitting itself. The only thing that might change this is Kyle gave me some 500-pound, six or 550-pound, 16-inch springs that I'm going to have to have less preload on. So I think I can get more up travel out of those. The only thing I'm going to have to change those, I'm going to have to cut the outer fenders uh, when I put those on. Do it. No more cheating. I'm not even cheating now. I don't even know why you still haven't put on free springs. You want to know why? I've been so busy. So 
Before You've been Moab. swapping transmissions left and right for Kayla. Transmission <laughs> swapping pro up in this motherfucker. You've done a tranny swap? You know, what? So, so hold on. The worst part about this, and I'm sure Kayla's going to walk in the room because you're going to hear me saying her name and complaining about her car a whole bunch. We, I'm we sorry, had three... she's a better driver. She's a great driver. We had three drift events. She told me, she's like, are you going to kill me? I said, probably, but why? And she's like, I got three drift events I want to go to, and there are three weekends in a row. I said, that's no big deal. <laughs> she's like, yeah, one's in Medford, and it's two days. One's in Portland, and it's one day, maybe two days. And the other one's at Evergreen, which is pretty close to us. And I'm like, oh, cool. So we get to drive for Medford, you know, 20 hours, and then... Hopefully, I have four days to get the fucking car back together before we go to Oregon again. So, while you have a job, while I have a job, we are in Medford. She's driven the best she's ever driven, which is like there's guy. They, so the guy that runs a Medford track is a retired uh, Oregon State Patrol, or not retired. He's actually active, but they have uh, a bunch of. So, you know how they switch to those speed limit signs that tell you how fast you're going, but then, you know, they stop telling you how fast you're going and just tell you to slow down because people try to, like, race the fucking speed limit sign? So they have one of the old-style ones out there, and it tells you, so into the first corner, it tells you how fast you're going. And, like, a lot of people are, like, full throttle out of the last corner into the first corner and entering at, like, 45, 50 miles, like, the highest one besides like the highest average besides Kayla's was like 48 53 miles an hour Kayla's first lap out of the day so I told her I was like go do a lap don't drift just do a lap warm and trans in the dip up and so her second lap this guy jumps in behind her and it's like hey you want a tandem and he's like and Kayla's like no you lead and he's like no I'm gonna follow you and this guy's running like an 800 850 horsepower 2J240 versus Kayla's 200 horsepower CIF uh, so Kayla going into the first corner and I'm watching it and all I hear is like limiter and then initiation and I look at the speed limit <laughs> sign it's like 57 miles an hour entry and I was like Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ getting after it That's so awesome. she was entering like high 50s all day I did ride in a Corolla a UZ powered Corolla and he was entering at like 70 or like 68 73 miles an hour somewhere yeah. between there and it was fucking absurd and then, so she drifts Medford both days, lights out, car performs great, best it's ever been, transmission's awesome. We go to uh, Portland the next weekend, and it's like a invite-only event, so she's a little nervous and stuff, but she drove really good for the most part. She's a little shaky in the beginning of the day, and that track's just hard to drive in a low-powered car. So at that track, you can't have your truck and trailer in your pits. You have to have it out in the parking lot. So she's out of tires, so I'm like, let's run out and get some tires. So we're driving out to get tires, and I hear this noise coming from the transmission, and I'm like, uh-oh. And she's like, oh, what is that? Sure. I was like, I was like, it sounds like, it just, I was like, it just sounds like uh, uh, release bearing. And I was like, because it's only making it, you know, at certain times or whatever. So I was like, just actually don't drive the rest of the day. There's only like an hour left in the day. And then we got back to the pits. I was like, you know what? You should just drive. You know, worst case scenario, something blows up or whatever, pilot bearing or uh, throughout bearing goes out or whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, and she's like, no, I just want to park it, whatever, I'm done. So I was like, okay. So 
we get back and it's like I'll throw a fucking throwout bearing in it and I'll put a pilot bearing in it before the next event and I pull it out and I start working on the trans and I start spinning the trans and I realize it's only making the noise when I spin the trans manually from the input shaft every two rotations and I'm like hmm so I look up the transmission ratio second gear is 2.06 or whatever oh, and I'm like no and I'm like, man, so every two rotations, that's a gear noise. I had my brother look at it, I had my buddy look at it, and I was like, you can't see anything on the gear. Like, nothing. Like, there's nothing on either of the gears, neither of the synchros, anything that shows anything that should be making a noise. So I'm like, fuck it, let's put it back together, I'll put the two new bearings in, and we'll, you know, run it till it breaks. And this transmission, at, at this point, has three events on it. This is about to be the fourth event. Uh... And so I put the transmission back in, I fill it with fluid, everything, I'm work, like going to put the shifter in, realize that at some point putting the cases back on the trans, I knocked it into fourth gear. So one of the forks is pushed forward, but the shifter's in neutral still. So I, oh, I, have to, I fucking drain the transmission, pull it back out, and I literally, like, there's two other issues I had where basically I pulled the transmission three times in one week. So now you're a professional. Right, which I literally can pull a trans snack car in like fucking like 35 minutes, 40 minutes now. It's super easy to do. <laughs> uh, if that car ever needs a starter, I got that shit down. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, regardless, like, anyway, no, long this story. is why Kayla keeps you around. Right, exactly. Free labor. Yeah, free labor. So, long story short, I get it back together. And so, she has. Two discs for it. She has a three seven three or three seven one and a three nine one for this car. And I told her, I was like, on most of these tracks you drive, the three nine is gonna or three nine three is gonna be way better than that three seven, because it's just gonna make second gear a little bit shorter, and you're never getting that high in the RPMs anyway, and you're clutch kicking a lot. So I was like, a little bit shorter gear ratio is probably gonna help you out. It's like, all right, put it in. So I put that in, and then. So I put the car back together, and before I put it on the trailer, she was with me. I went and did, like, a test rip around the neighborhood, and, like, got on it in first and second. And, like, it, like, spins the tires on the second gear shift. I was like, wow, this is actually pretty gnarly. So loaded on the trailer. We go to the drift event. First fucking corner that morning blows the transmission up. <laughs> I was like, fit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did so you pull like, it apart and see what happened? Yeah, it blew second gear up. Nice. <laughs> Which is the same thing that happened in the first transmission. So right now the car is in the garage, and it's just gonna stay there. We're gonna is do there a different any transmission. better transmission to yeah. put in there that has like shorter gear ratios? You could be throwing into different gears or something, or what? Or yeah, feel better. So a super common transmission for anything Jay Z is the RM54, mm. and the RM54 is a really good transmission. But right now to buy them, it's like twenty five hundred bucks to three grand, and they're an eighties transmission. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's not really worth it. And then like you can do a CD09, which is a six feet out of a Nissan, but then you gotta and there the bell housing's built into the transmission. So you gotta cut the bell housing and then bolt your own adapter on it shit. And then it just ends up being so much work. And then the transmission's huge, so you gotta hammer the firewall and transmission tunnel and everything. So you're saying L S swap. Well that. But there yeah. is a transmission. LS swap T fifty six. Way you go. Right. The T56 is another option, which they make Jay-Z adapter plates and stuff for. But the AR5 like that, transmission. That trans- the is, T56 isn't cheap either. 
No, no. TJ6 was like two, three grand anyway. So an oh. AR5, which came in a Pontiac Solstice, uh, and the new slingshots, right? So I talked to a couple guys. An AR5 is basically an R154 because they're both uh, ice and transmissions. They took them apart. A buddy of mine took them apart, and they're like, they're the same trans. Guys are using these all over the place, and Jay-Z's and everything. He said he used R54s because they're so expensive. So an AR5 is like anywhere from 700 to like 1200 bucks. Uh, and then the Jay-Z bell housing for an R154 bolts right up to the AR5. That's how similar they are. The shifter bolts uh, right up. The clutch pack and everything is the same. The only difference is you have to get a GM uh, friction disc because it's 26 American spline versus like a 28 Japanese spline. They're a little bit different. Uh, and guys are running like seven, eight hundred horsepower on the stock trans, and I was like, "That's wow. what you need." So we're gonna do that, but she's saving money and stuff, so she can just do it all at once instead of. Yeah, cars are retarded. So are trucks too. There's such yeah. a bad money pit. No, it's uh, the same shit. It's just whether it's not, and it's still not cheaper than drugs either. No, I feel like you can do drugs for so much cheaper. Uh, I'm pretty sure they are. Not. So yeah. that's Kayla's car. My FJ yeah. hasn't changed a whole lot. I don't think. I uh, I don't remember if the last episode it was on 38s or not, but I it's on 38s now. I don't know. Um, Anything changed since then? Not really. Oh, the I changed link geometry in the rear. Um, what did you do? So on the eight inch, I had like eighty six percent anti squat when I three linked it. Uh, on the four axle, when I did it, I was like, I'm gonna move the link mounts up a little bit more. Didn't think about it at the time. I moved the link mounts up a little bit, uh, and so I re-ran it through the calculator. It was like sixty six percent anti squat. Which for most of the stuff I do in Washington, it's so steep. Like you're uh, squatting too much. Squatting too much. And the other thing I talked to Andrew Shreve, the guy I was telling you about earlier, uh, he said that anytime you run upward to the axle, so if you're on flat ground and your frame side measurement uh, is lower than your axle side measurement, it's going to want to squat more because obviously mm-hmm. everything on suspension works in an arc. So if you broke right. the center line of that arc, it's going to squat more naturally anyway. Yeah. Uh, so which mine did, they ran like a half an inch up to the axle. So on a bunch of climbs and stuff up here, it was just wanting to squat, like basically to bump stop before it would start to climb. So I made new lower lengths, and then I moved them down on the axle, and it made my anti-squat like 102%. Um I basically wanted to go all the way the other direction to see what kind of, you know, benefits I got. And then if anything, I could cut the mounts off and move them up and change it. Or I can change the upper link at that point to kind of take some anti-squat out of it. So you're sitting at 102 right now still. Yeah, I'm I'm about 102% anti-squat right now. Okay. So, uh, and I'm running down towards the axle now. So it's not trying to break the center line of that arc anymore. Right. And... I can think of at least one time last weekend and a bunch of times when we were in Utah, like I have it on video, 
when I'm on an incline and I like I'm like left foot braking trying to get it to crawl and you can physically watch the truck put a little bit of pressure on the front end of the truck and it just like walks right up. Yeah. There. If you're doing you mostly crawling, before. which is basically what you do, you don't really do much right. anything go There's fast. It's kind of desert stuff up yeah. here now. So yeah. having a little but, higher anti squat does help. And yeah. then combine that with your shorter wheelbase, it helps yes. put put some pressure on those front tires to help pull you up and over. Yeah. Now, it, I think it's it a little sense. bit it, I think it's a little bit excessive now. Like it's not excessive enough where like you see like crawlers that are 150, 130% anti squat where like they like left foot brake and the whole fucking truck stands up. It's not like that. But I think it like, stiffens up where you when you push into it, it doesn't actually it locks it up rather than yeah. suck into it and then your front end lifts up and loses traction. Yeah. There's a few times in Moab where like I have videos instead of like hitting a ledge and it like sucking the rear into the ledge and then like climbing up. When it hits the ledge, the truck actually stands up in the rear and pushes me over the ledge. I was watching so I, I was watching some videos of you like yes yesterday or the day before of you bumping the pledges in Moab going, right. Holy shit, this guy can actually bump up a ledge really good. And yes. now it makes sense that once you hit it you're let in the throttle, you the truck lifts and then you yep. let out. Mm-hmm. Which I I think a hundred percent or I think close to hundred percent or over hundred percent is pretty excessive. But uh, it depends what you're doing. I think Right. Yeah, it depends what you're doing for sure. I think that ni- for what I do, I think if I was closer to like 95%, it might be a little bit better. Right. The, the other thing to take into consideration here is the wheelbase. Because right. I'm now, I'm sitting at like right around 70% squat, where the first version of my floor length, we, we were up in the uh, low 80s. Right. And now that I'm around 70 the truck handles a lot better, especially when I do. I'm still doing a mix of high speed and low speed, but with having the wheelbase for climbing wedges, my front tires are generally over the wedges anyway, where the shorter wheelbase, the truck is getting more vertical. You know, we, we saw that we saw that happen on Escalator, where I can pretty much blind blindfold myself drive up Escalator where the shorter wheelbases, it actually took more work to get up to the top of escalator. So I think For sure. when you combine the wheelbase of your truck, to take that into consideration of anti-squat, which is generally something people don't do, um, it, it clearly could benefit you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you're right I, a lot with the wheelbase. The wheelbase can definitely make or break depending on how your stuff is set up. Yeah, it was kind of interesting in Moab because, like, the first couple days we were there. So, for people that don't know, me and a bunch of buddies went to Moab this year. Kyle met up with us while we were there. Uh, the first day we were in Moab, we started on Hell's Revenge, and then I noticed my transmission. It didn't. So apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. This which is what I was told. The A750, which is in like my FJ Kyle's Tacoma. Uh, forerunners, etc. When it loses line pressure, it automatically puts the transmission into neutral, uh, so it doesn't like burn the clutch pack up. Um, so that happened twice when we were on Hill's Revenge, and 
we're just basically running Hell's Ranch with a bunch of people who haven't been to Moab before, and we're basically, it's such a good trail just to, like, you know, kind of get your feel for Moab back. So we went back to the Airbnb. I checked my transmission fluid level, which on the A750, it's half impossible uh, to check. It's checked super it. impossible. It was definitely low, so I put a quart in it, checked it again. I still wasn't getting any fluid out of it. Put another quart in, and I just started getting, like, little drips out of it. So I put a half a quart in, and then I was getting a good stream out of it. So I plugged it up, and so I, I might be a little bit over full on it, but I was at least two quarts low. And on the A750s, the pickup is at the back or at the front of the transmission pan. Uh, so if you're a little bit low, uh, it's pretty easy to notice. Um, yeah, you know, ran rusty. That, that's also a cool safety feature that Toyota put yeah. in there, but it just right. bumps it into neutral so you the clutch is out. Yep. So if so we ran, then we ran rusty nail after that, which that was fine. I didn't have any issues there. We ran Pritchett Kent. The first few days in Moab was fucking crazy for us because my transmission was slipping, Finch's rear locker wasn't coming on. Uh, There's a couple, or and then we went back to the Airbnb. We manually threw Vince's locker. She has an 80 series. So we threw his, manually engaged his locker, his rear locker, then disconnected the plug. So he was just basically spooled the whole time we were there. Uh, and then fixed my transmission issue. And then we went out and ran Rusty Nail, which my favorite part about Rusty Nail is Kevin, a guy that was with us, he has a third gen oh, Tacoma on 35s. Fuck Kevin, 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 right? Third gen Tacoma, 35. did no better than his truck on 35. Mind you, Kevin has driver mod because he's had several other, like, first gen Tacomas and first gen 4Runners and stuff that were on 43s in one time. I've never met somebody who can drive that well all the goddamn time. Right. So, Rusty Nail, he had to winch one time on Rusty Nail, which they say is a hard trail. In a t- third gen Tacoma on 35s, no gears, no front locker, no winch, nothing. Like, it's insane. Uh, like, I've done, I okay, I made it up Pritchett with a lot of winch. And right. <clears throat> I did it with Andy Tettenhorst. And he's, anybody who knows him, he, he's a cynical bastard. Love the guy. <laughs> Love with him. So, like, we, we looked at Rusty Nail, and even the two of us combined went, yeah, I'm good on Rusty Nail. I show up to Moab, and they went, yeah, we did it, and Kevin drove the whole damn thing. I will preface this. We had a guy named, a guy with his name Jason. The calmest, most confident, best spotter I've ever wheeled with in my life. It was, like, perfect in a sense of, like, it was, like, he knew your wheelbase, he knew how your rig responded to stuff. Like, first obstacle, after that, he knew exactly what he needed to put you. So we all did rusty nail unassisted, except Kevin winched up one obstacle, which a 30 unlock. If he was locked in the front, he would have been fine. He wouldn't have had to winch up it. Uh, he should have used if, crawl control. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> if, he would, if he would have given it a little bit more beans up that first obstacle, I think he would have made it. Regardless, it's also got like 40,000 miles on it or something, so I get it. But so the next, so we get off Rusty at like one o'clock in the morning. Everyone that knows Moab knows nothing's fucking open in Utah or in Moab at one o'clock in the morning. And we all go to the gas station and we buy mini pizzas. We go back to the fucking Airbnb, have some mini pizzas and cereal, wake up at 
like eight, seven or eight o'clock the next morning, Kyle and or no, Kyle wasn't even there yet. No, I was driving back from Colorado. Yeah, so we leave, we go to run Pritchett Canyon, and according to the internet, this is people can take this any way they want. Pritchett Canyon is the hardest full body tr- trail in Moab. Uh, there's other trails like uh, like Seven Up or not Seven Up. What the fuck is the name of the trail? There, there's some trails out out in uh, Area BFE that are just buggy yeah. trails that don't compare. But like right. for actual trails that most people do on in the trail books, Pritchett is indeed the hardest, and it's mostly because it's off camber. The whole, yeah. the whole time. The whole trail. It's just like, you're like, either going to roll or you're going to make it. And yeah, so, and it, my and goal... It's it's off camber to the passenger side, which makes it even worse when you're driving. Right. So, my goal was to not winch anything on Pritchett. And I told this to Kyle, and he's a good fucking lug. He's like... <laughs> oh, I still you. call bullshit. Yeah. So, which I have videos of every single obstacle, so fuck Kyle. So, <laughs> we run... There is seven rigs. Uh, Jason, who's a gangster spotter, he has a XJ, which is also bullshit. He has an XJ on 35s. It's long arms, four nine-inch rear, built 44 front, and it's the 35s are sticky crawlers. Then my buddy Tyler, he's got a Super Duty Jeep on 40s. Casey had like a 37s on his Jeep, uh, 44s front and rear. And then another guy had a Jeep, 44s front and rear. So you're saying jeeps are better? Basically. So Vince basically those I, I gotta say, their their Jeeps are so well built and they actually use the yeah. holy shit out of them. Oh, and yeah. it, like Ty, Tyler's uh, JK is sick as hell. Love oh, it. It's gnarly. Like that's like if I was to do it, I'd go down that same road. But yeah. both of them and then also Jason knowing all the lines, like he clearly knows his shit, and he's he's been to Moab a million times. Jason would look at you, and he's like, "What's your real base again?" And you're like, "110." And he's like, "Okay, you're gonna do this line." Uh, and so Vince and Nick both were there. They both had triple or uh, front rear locked 80 series, and then obviously me. I was the only IFS guy at this point. Uh, FJ front rear locked on 38s. And so we ran all of Pritchett's up until the very last obstacle, or second to last obstacle. And it's called Son of a Rock Pile. And if you ran Pritchett's, you know, like, basically, it's like this monster fucking ledge. And there's this big rock stack at the bottom of it. And the rock stack is actually... Okay, okay, I gotta interrupt here again. (laughs) Son of a Rock Pile, when you went through it, compared to when Andy and I went through it, were two different obstacles. Well, yeah, for sure. Shit, so when Andy and I did it, it was undercut as all hell to where it swallowed a 40-inch tire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And when we went through it, like, even, like, my 38s, or, like, the guy, one of the guys, there was a 37s on BFG 37, so they like, a 31. Uh, <laughs> 28. yeah. They swallowed that. They, like they swallowed that up. But like even my tires and like Tyler's, like they have plenty of fucking ground clearance. But the very literally the last obstacle on the trail. I'm the last person to go up it too. And uh, Jason told me he's like, 
you need to commit to it because you're going to have to be a lot of skinny pedal to make it up. This is the only way you make this obstacle. I was like, all right, I don't have any problem fucking bumping up something. I was like, worst case scenario, I blow the fucking front end up. And so I get the front end up. And he's like, all right, bump it. And I go to bump it and my rear bumper grabs a rock. And then I lift, and then it clears the rock, so I get back in it. But at this point, I had already framed out. And so I just, like, slid over both rear tires off the ground. And I was, he's like, there's no way you're going to make it from here. You're not going to be able to back up. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, of course, second to last obstacle. I can't fucking drive up it. I'm going to have to winch up it. So I told Jason, I was like, have you ever had anyone back down this obstacle? He's like, no. He's like, but if you winch up and back down it, he's like, I'm up for it. I was like, all right. So I winched up the obstacle back back off of it and then he's like all right hit it from there and I this is where trevor it. starts to talk out of his asshole because he winched up it and moved on no fuck you i backed back no down because it. you got seven trucks up perch it before five o'clock unassisted so he told me he said <laughs> the sketchy <laughs> 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 fuck you trevor Kyle's so mad because I ran Pritchett Tennis and he didn't. But I will so, go again. So I backed down the obstacle, and he told me the sketchiest thing that's happened all day long is me backing <laughs> down that obstacle. <laughs> I can't believe you backed off of it. He told me, he's like, I would never do that. I don't know why you did that. I was like, because I have God to make yeah. it without witching. He's like, why? It doesn't matter. I was like, it matters to me. You don't understand. The <laughs> long drive to not winch up, or to winch up it, right? Yeah, winching up it is bad enough. Let alone you right. backing down it. Yeah, so I commit. I back down it, and then he's like, "You," re-, he's like, "Remember, commit." So the second time, I fucking lay into it, hit the rear bumper, and I was like, "I ain't fucking listening till I rear in that fucking jeep up there." <laughs> and so there's a video like I'm like on limiter, like wah da 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 da, and I like fucking hit the rear tires and like rocket ship up and almost cream fucking Casey's jeep and stuff. And I was like, I wasn't lifting. There's nothing that's going to get me to lift off that throttle until I made it up that fucking obstacle. That's awesome. It, it's only because you have that stupid porn bar off the front of your FJ like a Jeep. Whatever. Whatever. That's why you weren't worried upset. about your ending, man. You were going to pop the back window out. You know how many IFS rigs have completed Pritchett's unassisted? Do you know? Do you know the answer? People that I know is four. I was a fifth. Four, five people that sucked it. One of them. One of them was a hammer's truck, so I don't know if that counts. No. I I said it then. If we if we go again to Moab, which we will, I will happily go on Pritchett again. I'll get Andy to pull his panties out of a wad, and we'll go. And we have to. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll do it again. The the best part, I'll go with you guys. You should, when the beer runner's finished. Sunday. Yeah, is that, that going to be done? be done in September, so I can actually take you on a Moab trip? No, I, I lost that bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my uh, fault, 100%. So, so instead of instead of Moab in September, um, Andy and I are actually going to go run Fordyce in September this year. Nice. So, if Trevor you want to come down, you're more than welcome. Uh, do it. I don't think that'll happen, but 
Why not? Vacation time, brother. Vacation. Just stop going what? to drift events. Romance is you just take... like Caleb or uh, Kayla. It's more important, I believe. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be in California in September and October for drift events. What what part of California? Northern? Uh, Long Beach and Irwindale. No shit. That's like what are an hour away from me. Long Beach or Irwindale? Or an hour and a half away from me. They're pretty close. We should just get dinner one of the nights for there. Yeah. You, Mariah, and me, Kayla. Kayla can stay in her room. Me and you can stay in our room. Kayla and Mariah can stay in one room. You and I can stay in the other room. Yeah. What dates are you going to be in Long Beach? I want to join. Kayla! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she's going to come in here or not. Preeby! You can text it to us. We'll figure it out. Text us the date. If it's later, I might be able to swing it. I'm also moving in September, so... I was going to say, we're talking about Brown's Camp in September, but if you're moving then, it might not. Um, Depends on the date. Because, like... I don't have to be out of. I can fly I up again. Set date. You should. I have to be. Yeah, I will. Out of my hat. My birthday's in I September. Don't... I'll call it a birthday yeah. weekend. Call out a birthday weekend. Uh, yeah. I have a set time frame of when I have to be out of the house, so it, it can be pushed later. Um, so it, it's no big deal. Sweet. If we do, if we do Browns with me being in Boise, I'm closer. Yeah. We can do late September. Probably. Um, the thing is... We're doing four dice. I think it's third week of September. Or second or third week of September we're doing four dice. So you and Andy can just come up from that after that. Yeah, just around, drive up. Around. It's only like I'll, eight hours. Yeah. I'm the race trailer. It doesn't matter. And I only have to be at my day job for the first of the month anyways. This motherfucker talked so much shit to me when we were in Utah. Like, I didn't drive my shit 1,400 miles, wheel it on the hardest okay. trails in Moab, and then turn around and drive 1,400 miles home. Well, let's back up here. I was going to say at the beginning when we first started talking about Okay, class. fuck you. Let's not even, I don't even want to talk about I, this. I got to hand it to the Washington guys because they drove shit from Washington to Moab, wheeled the holy piss out of it, and drove back. It was impressive. That's because we drive street trucks where I come from. Trailers are for fucking boats, brother. Uh, no. Trailers are for school trucks that have expensive parts on them. No, fuck you. Sloan Motorsports. Sloaner Boner on Instagram. Drove uh, his fucking... Daily driver. Daily driver. Two... King of the Hammers race, not the 4600 class, the 4500 class, then drove that motherfucker back home. He didn't trail that, that shit was there. Impressive. He drove him both ways. That was impressive. <laughs> you know, yeah, we should kick Kyle off the podcast and we should get Brandon on here. We should get Brandon on here. I'm now on board. Fuck Kyle. Fuck Kyle. Yep. Although, Kyle and I did steal a Land Cruiser when we were in... Uh, Utah, <laughs> and I drove Kyle's Tacoma when we stole the Land Cruiser, and his Tacoma is a lot to drive. 
Uh, it three. Is, this it, and it, it wasn't like four PSI, so that was probably most of it. But it just plows yeah. through every corner. No, it just like when you turn the rear jack so much, it's like absurd. <laughs> oh, it's totally gone. It, it jacks the other way. Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, the the spooled rear axle for one, on the white springs front and rear with zero rebound valving anywhere, so it just picks up pitches and corners. Yeah, it's a it little is soft. A handful to drive on the. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a handful to drive on the street. Oh, fucking A. It drives so good. I rode in it, and we were hitting, like, those whoops at, like, 50... Like, top of second gear. Oh, so, like, 55, I, 60 miles an hour, and it was just, I like, my, uh, glass. So, I I put the uh, speedometer up on on my phone to see what the truck was actually doing on Revlon in sec- second gear. It's uh-huh. 63 miles an hour. Yeah, that's impressive so for we what were, we were hitting. We were hitting those whoops in Moab at six, six, two, sixty-three. Like, probably two, two-and-a-half-foot rollers. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah well, we did we did Moab, uh, Mojave Trail, and so I helped Robert with his four-link on his. We did four-link with 14-inch coilovers, long travel up front with uh, coilovers and bypasses and stuff. So he, we are driving down Mojave Trail, and we are going through a pretty good section, high pace, and he pulls up next to us. He goes, hey, you haven't ridden in my truck yet, have you? No, I haven't since we built it. We haven't, I haven't ridden in it. So he's like, let Mariah drive your truck, jump in mine. So jump in his. When, for only having 14-inch coilovers and being a forerunner on 37s, which, you know, we don't have that much it, for move up travel. Holy fuck. We were hauling out. We were doing like 60 miles an hour, and there were spots where I'm like, all right, we're going to bottom out. And it just it sucks it up. It was it, fucking it impressive. Uh, and now we just cut it all off. Came out, when <laughs> yeah, came you cut out the fucking joined, frame off. Like yeah, when, when Robert feet. came out and joined me and Andy in Johnson Valley in November, um, we were mm-hmm. out to um, Aftershock, which is clear on the far side of Hammertown, and we out there. Um, I, was, I was leading, I was on ass. And Robert tried to find me. Like and having no issues keeping up. Like he was he was bucking a little bit and so was I. But for I didn't know those were fourteens, but he that forerunner gets it. Yeah. It's about to be a hell of a lot better too with what yeah. we're doing. He should have more so, up travel, probably four more inches of up travel. He's gonna end up getting about twenty two inches of travel total. And then he's ditching the four wheel drive. And go oh, on a race. He yeah, he's actually ditching the four-wheel drive. We just talked about it last week. He's talked about it for a while, but finally confirmed last weekend. He's going camber. I think it's five inches over race kit, two-wheel drive. And I think it nets about 18, 20 inches of travel or something crazy. So as we thought about it, you know, how much we're going to be getting in the rear. Coilovers, yeah. bypass. All the trucks that that guy has, it makes sense for him to make that one the desert truck. Because yeah. he's, he's got the Land Cruiser, right? Land Cruiser on 40s. That thing yeah. is the family wagon. And then he's got the Tacoma that he's building into full-blown rock crawler. LS swap rock crawler. Yeah. He's going to LS swap this one, too. At some point, he, that's the goal. Is LS that swap your 9-inch that's going in the back of it? No, that's his. Okay. Mine, I'm... I haven't decided if I'm going to put it in there. I might just... Depends how long I take it to build. 
ideally, I want to do what Kyle did. I'm going to do a Spider Tracks 9-inch full float with a 40 spline. So I thought my 9-inch was really cool until I saw his housing in person. <laughs> I know. It's Dude, beautiful. This, the Spider Tracks is something to look at. Yeah, okay. it's amazing. So that's and the like, goal. Our dropouts and everything is the same, and then but his housing just looks so much better. Well, his is full float too, and that's yeah. pretty phenomenal in of itself. Forty spline. Right. He doesn't ever have to worry about blowing it out. Pretty awesome. Listen, I know guys that run thirty-five spline in hammers and don't break anything. I feel like forty spline is very excessive for what we do. Yeah, but we talked about it. it's like. Do you want to spend an extra what hundred bucks and never have to fucking yeah. worry about it again? Right, and that sure. was that was where I was at with it. Like, because thirty spline probably would have been fine, especially thirty five spline. Yeah, thirty five spline chromoly probably would have been fine, but I went forty spline three hundred m because it just it it wasn't that much more money at the time, and I don't have to worry about that rear end ever. Minor thirty five spline three hundred m. Yeah, you'll you'll be fine. Yeah. Like until you start breaking that nine hundred horsepower mark, it's just it's really not worth it at this point with you already being thirty five spline. But when I order, you'll break the ring and pinion first track. anyway. Yeah, yeah. But when I order, which I I believe track, Kyle's dropout and my dropout are both uh, clearance for ten inch ring gears. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I did my. Uh, uh, when I when I ordered my third member from East Coast Gear Supply, um, it's their race series third member. They set it up the the bearings a little looser to tolerate a little more highway speed. Um, but he's they're, they're going to warranty that diff, um, yep. no matter what. And he said if you blow it up, we can go to a ten inch ring gear if that that's what you need. Yep. But. It, when, with, when with I the thought, front end of my truck still being glass with the eight inch, eight inch diff up front, it just I'm never gonna blow it out. Yeah. When I had, I thought when I thought my truck was eating a bearing, and I had Chris look at it, I pulled a third out, Adam look at it. Uh, it had had almost a year on. It was like ten months on it at that point some gnarly wheeling and he checked the backlash uh and he set it up at uh six thou and it was at nine thou backlash and so i was like that's and so he re he tightened it up a little bit when he put it back together and he's like that way you're you know because like bearing wire and everything it's going to open up a little bit and the pattern was still perfectly like i had a picture here he had a picture of both sides of the gear when he set it up the first time and he repainted it, checked it after that time, and it was exactly the same as when he originally set it up. So yeah. Could, uh, when I got my 9-inch from East Coast, it was set up with 3 thou of backlash. It's backlash. tight. Yeah, tight. Yeah. yeah. With Bailey Cole in Ultra 4, 4400 car, runs a high pinion 9-inch in the rear. So he runs on the mm-hmm. coast side of the gear under throttle. Yep. Uh, and he runs a nine-inch ring gear on it. Really? No he shit. Has yet to, 35 spine has let to blow it, yet to blow it up. Wow. Wow. The, so. the high pinion has gotten better over the years. Yeah. 
Piping in the front works great, but like guys that run it in the rear for clearance and shit, like it it's cool because it does move your drive line up like ten inches. But yeah, no, they uh, literally bash everything and have high clearance links and stuff. Because some of these old yeah, fours, they have their many, shit really high clearance. It's great. But how many trucks last year and at every King of the Hammers or every Ultra Four event have lost because of a night a high nine? And there, there's oh. been lots of trucks that have had issues with the high nines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That were Especially brand in the new, rear. supposed to be set up right, yep. and it just shits the bed come race day. I think it's heat. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I, I so oily. Yeah. I think Slauson, I think most bomber cars are low pinion 9 inch in the rear and high pinion 9 inch in the front, yeah. which is a pretty standard setup. Goals. Also, I'm going to be building a bomber car eventually. Build a Miller chassis, come on. Bomber. I want to go bomber. I'm I'm doing a bomber chassis for sure. Mariah wants a bomber. (laughs) I like bombers. I just know that Miller chassis are better. That's why I would go Miller. I don't know enough about Miller. I just know bombers the shit. Yeah. Like, I do know, which the, I don't know if I'm supposed to know this information, but I do know this. And I won't even say who said it. A Chromoly Miller Pro Chassis, just tube. I believe it's unwelded. It, this might be welded. I can't remember. It's 30 Gs for just a Pro Chassis. With, right. With, I think it is welded because it's axle mounts, or it's like link mounts are done. Engine mounts for depending on what engine you're gonna do, LS, four L eighty or whatever, trans you're gonna use, TH four hundred, whatever, with all of that done. So that chassis shipped to your door is thirty grand. Now, with a bobber chassis, Randy's a crazy man. It's and like we'll thirteen, isn't it? We do uh, a unwell DOM chassis for twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. You can't beat that deal when it comes to you bent, notched, and labeled that you just put it together and weld it. It is DOM, though. It's not Chromoly, because I think Miller's... Oh, I think they call it their pre... Hey, I think they call Trevor, it their pre... Trevor. Trevor. I don't know. Like, any of us actually are good enough drivers have the money to bankroll... To need a Chromoly chassis. Wait, 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 hold on. Back up. Chassis. Back up. You're saying we're not good enough drivers, so we don't need Chromoly. No, we're not good enough drivers, so we need Chromoly. So we we're need Chromoly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we probably do, but unless somebody's going to hand me 100 Gs to go race. 100? I'm not gonna triple be... that. <laughs> hey, I have Kyle money. It's okay. It's yeah. crazy to me now that, like, Lauren Healy's and, like, Bongetton Jr.'s Engines are like ninety grand. Isn't that the craziest oh, thing ever? But like, they're not. Paying I can't. For it I anymore. can't even fathom it. Yeah. You know. I you know. Say, a thirty-year house, you could buy an engine with. <laughs> Who knows? You might rod knock it or shoot a fucking rod out the side of the motherfucker. But it's yeah, ninety grand. <laughs> yeah, the fact you get to maintain it too. So if I'm gonna spend yeah. ninety grand. Unless I'm making lots of money, which hopefully someday, but right. ninety grand on a motor, I want that thing to last with me not even having to put oil on it. Yeah, right. But the cool thing with those guys is that 
Ford has come back into the power sports market. Hell yeah. Ford is leading in power sports right now. Oh, unreal. What are your guys' takes on the new Bronco? The The real Bronco, not the sport. The, my take on the real Bronco is I'll I would give it a year and I would for sure buy one. From what I feel I know, like, I feel like it's the future FJ Cruiser. FJ Cruiser yeah. had an option to like you it, know take on the, that off road thing. They yeah. took it to the whole other level. Yeah, the whole other level they thing. I agree with. To where, yeah, they made it to where IFS from the factory works and has been set up where you can put thirty fives on it. The frame is not for coilovers. How fucking yeah. cool is that? Yeah. Like, so it, what it, what I think is crazy what I think is crazy about the Bronco is obviously the sport's fucking stupid, but the real Bronco even if you bought a base model, that comes with the F-150 8.8 rear end in it, so yep. it's basically like an updated 9 inch with a little bit smaller ring gear. It's super fucking strong. You're never Go gonna break it. Quote. It comes with a 8.8... get rid of the C-clip axle, at least? Yeah, yeah. So it comes yeah. with an 8.8 front diff in it. CVs are huge and super strong. Uh, it comes with a 2.7 liter EcoBoost in it, so it's like 340 horsepower and like 400 foot-pounds of torque. They finally uh, updated turbos to where they don't blow yep. up at 60,000 miles. Yep. So the, the front end, from what... I talked to a couple of guys from RTR when they were in Utah, because when we were down there at Moab, Bronco Fest was going on. So when we were on Poison Spider, obviously we saw those Broncos. One of those guys was staying in the Airbnb next to us, so I talked to him a little bit. He said that RTR has a long travel kit for it, for the front, and they have like a trailer, like a trophy truck style trailing arm kit for the rear, so the shock's still mounted on the axle. Uh, Short course, where right? Yeah, short core style. Yeah. So it pulls like uh, with a 14 inch rear shock. So obviously it's going to pull like 14 inches in the rear, and then in the front, uh, it's pulling like 17 to 19 inches of travel, depending on where you limited it at. In like it, on 30 on 37 with no cutting. So it's like yeah, the the cool thing is out of the box factory, it it's going unrivaled to where yeah. it makes sense to where okay, I could do this ISS rather than. A Jeep, which has been standard forever. And I believe it comes with, I think, believe the Sasquatch package or whatever it is comes with 488s. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, there's. It, there's and a the 10R80, so it's, it's a 10 speed. Yeah, that 10 speed is huge. Um, I've, I'm still looking on uh, Copart for a wrecked four wheel drive F50 with the. Five liter coyote and a ten speed to swap into my Tacoma. Just go ahead. What about the EcoBoost? I think it seems to be pretty fucking perfect. I don't want to do force induction on my crawler. Yeah, that makes sense. That's still what my Snowballs is. No balls. I'm going to do a V8. I do have to say. The coyote is the cylinder heads are wide as all hell. Yes. It's dual overhead cam, and it's a wide set. It's it's a very wide set V8 where yeah, it's pretty low angle V8. It's like I think it's like thirty degrees or something, thirty five degrees or something. Dude, fitting the headers in in between my coil buckets is going to be retarded. It it's yeah, stupid with dual wide. overhead cam. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a little tough. But Man, having truck... an R80 in my truck would be awesome. Kayla's F150 is a it's a thirteen EcoBoost. 
And with her trailer and car and trailer on the back of it, it's like 55, 5,600 pounds, something like that. So it's not like super heavy, but it's heavy no. enough. When I tow it to, uh, when we tow to like Medford, like I set cruise control at like 84 miles an hour. And like we got to the passes and I like had a downshift to fifth because it doesn't make any boost in sixth gear. So I downshift to fifth and basically just pull the passes with cruise set. Like, yeah, at that so my SM50, which if anybody doesn't know, it's through a rod bearing. Um, but that truck spent its whole life towing 10 to 11,000 pounds. And even towing, even towing 11,000, that truck didn't give a shit. Yeah. It, it really did. That was 5.4 well. though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last 5.4. Um, but look, they they do build a good truck. Um, so like I can't I can't knock it there. And and for what you and Kayla use it for, it's going to be a great truck. Well, yeah. Eventually, we want like we talked about this. So she's like, "What do I need again?" I was like, "Just buy a fucking half ton. Don't buy a diesel right now. Like upkeep and everything on a diesel is so expensive. You hey, drive tell me about like, it. you drive like four miles back and forth to work. So if you bought a diesel, it'll kill a diesel." It's going to kill the diesel anyway. So I was like, buy it half ton. I said either Chevy or Ford. And I wasn't going to get a Ford Prius. Prius. For uh, and then I drove the EcoBoost and I was like, this thing fucks. You should just buy one of these. Uh, yeah. So she ended up buying that. And then like in the future, after we buy a house, when we're like settled in a house, in a few years after that, we're going to buy, the goal is like an 18 to 20, 20, uh, F four fifty wide track, and then put a camper in the bed of it. Four fifty. Why? It's got fucking twenty inch brakes on it. Um. So I looked at buying the four fifty. Before I just bought this three fifty. Um. So Holden, Holden's parents, uh, they're very well known horse trainers, and they have a four fifty. It rides like absolute hell. And it's well, yeah, going to have a camper in it constantly. Right, but it doesn't steer down the road straight. It has an adaptive steering box. You cannot yes, keep it straight down true. the road. Because uh, they do have like 55 degrees of steering angle. Yeah, they do. And in four-wheel drive, it binds. But really, outside yeah, of that, um, after one trip in, the four, in Holden's 450, I went, no, I'm not going to buy one. And the towing payload capacity does not pay off. No, it, it's very similar. I think the only reason, like, we think about 450 is because camper in the bed and then a two-car trailer where we can put the FJ and the car matter. on it at the same time. Which is 350 and the 450 are almost the same fucking truck anyway. Like, the payload my, capacity is so... Right. My my race trailer is 21,000 pounds loaded and been climbing grades out here in Utah. It, it, how, it, how's your truck doing? It's got a blower different. I drove it home tonight. Buck fourteen bulls put a Ford nine inch in that motherfucker. You probably should. Well, yeah, now it's a strong half. Um That's basically a fourteen bolt. Yeah, it it was an one off issue. Warranty uh-huh. covered it, so whatever. Um, what's crazy but, to me like I know a bunch of guys with newer dodges that blow fucking rear diffs up. I've heard that's a thing. How do you, I, 
it, it blows me away that these modern filmmakers make the torque that they make, and you don't see it more often. Yeah, they're like, here's your new truck. It's 1,100 foot-pounds of torque from the factory. You're like, what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, even my truck going out to map on a 21,000-pound trailer was fifth and sixth gear. It didn't care. Yeah. And I was doing 75. Um, so I don't... I, I wouldn't recommend the 40 because, um, you know, they have a horse trailer that's well into 36, 38,000-pound range. And then it would have 350. You know what I hate about your truck? The color scheme. Really? Is it, it makes that, it look, it makes it look like you're 74 years old. I love those trucks. Those grandpa trucks? It's a, yeah, I it, love it's those trucks. King Ranch. And I, I was looking for a two-toned King Ranch with the blue jean metallic and tan. Maybe I it's because I'm 45 years younger than both of you, but... Uh, 45 years younger than both of us. Yeah. I'm actually, you know what's I, weird is I'm the oldest one here. Are you really? Yeah. Kyle, you're like 29, right? No. Uh, 28. He's 28. he's like two months younger than me. Almost two months. Are you 30 yet? No. So I'll be 29. I'll be 29. You turn 29 in September? Yeah. And Kyle, when's your birthday? November. So you're... 28 and... Yeah, we're both 28. Yeah, we're both 28. We both turned 29. 90, 92. I'm yep. fucking nine years younger than both of you. Nine years? No, Holy I'm 25. Shit. I'm 25. I was going to say, I'm 21. <laughs> I've seen you drink beer years ago. <laughs> Listen, I was drinking beer way before... Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Mom, yeah. Dad, you watching? <laughs> yeah. Grandma, grandpa, government. government? <laughs> oh, fuck the government. It, yeah, fuck the government. It may be the older, older person than me, but like on my dealies, I like a good, clean truck with a little bit of chrome. You yes. know what I daily drive? But I like, I like shit box with a little bit of chrome. I drive an FJ Cruiser on thirty eight <laughs> as a daily driver. <laughs> <laughs> shit, dude. I've been down to my motorcycle and to come up for my day for the last three weeks. You know, the worst part is, is that usually, like, when I go wheeling, I'm like, worst case scenario, I break it a little bit, and then Kayla can drive her car to work, I can drive the mm. F-150 to work, and we can oh, fix it, but her car's broken in the fucking garage, <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't even break my truck. <laughs> so if you break your truck, or if you get another car, do you even have room to store it? You're fucked, we huh? Can- we can have three cars that aren't in a registered spot. So I have a carport and a garage. Or I, I don't have a garage. Kayla has a garage and I have a carport. Yeah, <laughs> worst, I like that. Worst case scenario, we put Kayla's car on her trailer, park so, it in where she parks her trailer, and then we have the garage and a carport and then room for three other cars. Time to buy a house. Yeah, right. cover outside of the podcast, we have a conversation because I may or may not have an all-wheel drive IS two fifty in my possession right now. Oh, yeah. So we'll we'll have that conversation. It's not yours, but it's in your possession, now. huh? <laughs> oh no, it's mine. I bought yeah. it for one hundred and fifty bucks. In. I don't even mm-hmm. know what the conversation is going to be, but I'm in. Yeah, I told yeah, Kayla, yeah. I was like, what I pay in fucking maintenance to drive my extra back and forth to work? I was like, I thought it was a cool idea, like, go long travel and have 
Polly Bushings up front, four uniballs, all, you know, ballistic joint or enduro joints in the rear for lowers, ballistic joints, uppers. And I'm like, cool, once a year I get to change all of that. And it's like fucking $1,200. Why don't change all that? I mean, uniballs maybe. Uniballs suck, but. Yeah, uniballs suck. The ballistic joints and the enduro joints last forever. Those don't really change. Yeah, ballistic joints, you just tighten them every once in a while. Yeah. Except I I, one of my ballistic, ballistic joints. One of my ballistic joints. This happened right before I went to Utah. I I don't know what happened. So obviously your third link when you're three linked is ran at an angle. I must have hit something that like side loaded and put like most of the pressure in the pan hard and the third link, and it fucking took the ball from the ballistic joint and blew the threads out and shot the fucking joint out the side of the truck. So it's just Holy it blew the and everything out what? on the side of it. Yeah. Damn, that's impressive. I, right. So I couldn't get a ballistic joint in time. I couldn't get a because we're always crawler, out of stock. Use, right. So I use rock crawler joints. I've used those before and they work fucking awesome. Uh, they're basically a basically like a cheaper ballistic joint. They don't last as long, but they're actually really good. We should get we should get Robert on the podcast and have him talk about ballistics. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big and fan. So, I only thing I could get was uh, like rough stuff's generic seven eight time before it, and I blew it up while I was in Moab. Put another one in, and then blew that one up, and it's still in the truck. I was like, I'm not replacing it until I can get ballistic joints again. Yeah. Often are you tightening those ballistic joints down? How? Or how often? I so I my ballistic joints or crawler joints. The ballistic joints and crawler, like I get the similar amount of life out of both of them, and the crawler joints are like sixty dollars cheaper. So I, or they're like ballistic joints are like sixty bucks, I think, or uh, crawler joints. Uh, so I this switched to those like recently. Yeah, so I switched to the crawler joints just because I could get them uh, for the uppers. And I ran those in my previous lowers before I switched to those enduro joints, and I tighten them, like, every, like, two or three months. Like, just break the set screw loose, knock it with a screwdriver. Well, that's to not look. bad. No. Shit, I no, never adjust after... mine. I've only adjusted mine once after I initially did it. Uh, and I only do it because, like, I, I run... just mine after that last 10-day wheeling, but that's the third time I've had to adjust mine since four linking in years. Yeah. When you're locked all the time, it really puts a lot of stress on the upper limbs. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. shit, dude. That, that schooled rear end driving on the street is so unfriendly. Yeah. But, I had uh, a guy tell me, he's there. like, you're not, Grizzly. he's like, you don't want to, he's trying to get me to go wheeling with him. He's like, you want to go wheeling? I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I was like, I got a lot of shit to do on Caleb's car and stuff. And he's like, come on, go wheeling. I was like, no. Nah. Like you've been wheeling in like a month. I was like, I wheeled literally nine days in a row in Utah. I was like, that's nine months it's worth rough. of wheeling I did in nine days. I said I can take a yeah. fucking break for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, nope. I, don't be a douche. I came back. My truck has either been parked in the or in my race trailer since Moab. Right. Yeah. I, given I can't get to it because I'm busy as shit with other other projects but no it's yeah. been parked there and now I'm finally to the point of okay it's now July I want to go wheel the son of a bitch go wheel it bitch 
Yeah, like I have this like sweet lift in the backyard, and I have Robert's truck. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am having a lot of fun working on his truck, though, so I can't it, complain. It, it is fun. Like, I'm know, having a blast. Oh, that's half the reason I do do this work for other people now is because I just flat out enjoy it. Yeah, right. and I what's great I is it's not my job, so I don't have to do it when I don't want to. Like, when that's every exactly fucking weekend it seems to be over 100 degrees out here, during the weekdays it's not so bad sometimes, but during the weekends it's always freaking hot. And then when I'm out of town, it cools down, it seems like. so. Yeah, like, that's what I was going to say. Like, I still have my day job. I don't need to be doing this. It's just because I enjoy it. And there's nothing more than I enjoy than throwing 37-inch tires on a truck that clearly doesn't fit them. Right? Yeah. Like, like poorly being in the trailing arm in a forerunner yeah. and cutting seven feet off the back of it and gutting the entire interior. Well, you don't need to, but because you can. Are forerunners yeah, even no, seven feet off? exactly what it is. There is what? So we so we measured exactly what the frame rails were before we cut it. We literally measured it and it's fifty one percent of the frame rails we cut off. <laughs> More than half. Legitimately exactly. I don't remember the numbers, yeah. but it was literally fifty one percent we did the math. That's awesome. So the uh, so Russ's forerunner that I have right now, um I Bought a, a package deal of 16-inch coilovers, bypasses, and buttstock. I only needed I only needed the bypasses for my truck, but it was such a good deal for the whole set. I bought everything. Is that the kit? Did you buy those in Kingman? No, I bought them off a local guy here uh, in Utah. There's like, there a good set of boxes out in Kingman. 16 no, and 18 inch coilovers. These are all ABS, and the bump stops are Fox. But I bought the whole kit, and it, I, I bought the whole kit for less than two grand. And so when I got the Forerunner in here to do the three link on it, I went, hey, dude, I've got these 16 inch coilovers. We might as well use them. So on on this V8 Forerunner, I'm going to three-link it and do coilovers off the backside of the axle housing and send them up into the storage area. Nice. So realistically, without putting a fuel cell back there doing the three-link, I'm going to end up running the coilovers through the wheel wells off the backside, and we're not going to lose any storage section. We're going to end up about five inches further back and about an inch and a half inward to where he can run a 16-inch coilover with really no compromise. So getting like 15 inches of travel, like we initially did yours off the back? Except for the coilover is going to be angled backwards as well. So he should be able to pull 16 inches, bump and strap, no problem. Nice. Bump and strap, nothing has been going like those two words. Yeah. <laughs> Bromance. For people on the podcast that can't see, Trevor's now laying down one hand up on his head in a sexy pose. With a tank top, showing a lot of skin. Tank top. I don't even got pants on. I got We should we should just record the podcast on like video. And just YouTube it. 
I don't. <laughs> the amount of like, times I've left to go piss tonight and just taken my phone with me is absurd. Yeah, I did it twice. It's great. I, uh, I, to be in the I peed in a bottle. You peed in a bottle? I don't believe that. Do we have a bathroom like one walk down the hallway? Yeah, I did that too. Oh. I don't want to leave. You're having too much fun. Well, we got to make this a more of a regular thing. This whole yeah, podcast. Yes, we do. I get hit up mostly all day with this. Kyle. Kyle's fun because we can say fuck. We Kyle. do need to do it more often. Um, we should just, just stop having just, just as much as a shit always show. Have Kyle on it. He's just as much of a oh, shit, show as shit show as all of us. Yeah. We have. This is going to be a two fucking hour episode. <laughs> We're at two hours now, aren't we? Oh, it is. Yeah. David just... So... Wait, it's a good comeback David... episode. Is David home? Yeah, he, David. he just came into my office. Tell, tell David I want to watch him eat more ice cream. Oh, <laughs> I... Ice cream cone, I'll send you another video. Oh, David's here. David's been here Dave... the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel no, so... Violated that I've been here talking and he hasn't even been present. He just barely walked in. It was like a minute ago. Wow. David, Good do time. you have Venmo? Yeah, I do. I bet you ten dollars on Venmo. You won't shotgun one of those beers right now. Do you have OnlyFans? <laughs> I don't. Do you need a? I need. I've, I've got a knife. Right there. Oh, right here. Here you go. He'll do it. Don't pet David. He won't. I swear, if you get beer all over this office, <laughs> you just being careful. Did you snort? <laughs> I, shut the fuck up, Steven. <laughs> what are you asking? Oh. You're not even on camera. I'm oh. opening it still. He's being very gentle to not spill beer. It's like, him, it's like him putting on a condom, huh? Yeah, real gentle, like. It's a hard process. He's not sure what to do. First time. The first time I ever used a condom was with Kyle. <laughs> you, wait, you're telling me you used a condom? You told I didn't want to get him pregnant. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, yeah. David. I'm going to be retired. I know, you know seriously. Oh, Trevor's got it on video now. Oh, Are you going to push light or what? They're, they're banquets. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Text me your Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like every podcast, this has gotten out of control again. It's always great. No, we've never had a podcast get out of control. <laughs> never. It's always been in full control. Just the we, full control we do show. do this more often because we, we end up with so many updates with what's going on that it ends up in two hours. You know what we should do? We should do an in-person live podcast. Long in Browns Camp. Browns Camp. Plane tickets booked. I got a rewards card finally. I get to book travel for cheap. I, I grew up. Happen. I finally got a rewards credit card. I'm going to be balling you, soon. You have a credit card? That's the I most... have a rewards credit card of all things. It tells you when you wow. spend money, you get to make money. I want wow. you to notice... How many empties I have here now? That's I threw one away, but I got 
I have two 16-ounce Coors Lights, two 12-ounce Coors Lights. I drank two breakfast before we started, and I drank, like, four shots worth of Crown. Damn. Uh, man, I should have got I almost took some shots, but I don't like hard alcohol, so I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I need to get prepped. I need to prime the pump. Hopefully, hopefully, if we go to Browns in September, Steven won't get fucked by the smoke the whole time right there. Dude, that first night, I got fucked up by the smoke. I was like, I felt was, sick, but I still kept drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. I drank a lot of beer that trip. No. Uh, yeah. So, Browns, uh, send me the dates. I'll get it lined up. So, it'll be right after Fordyce, case, assuming I don't break anything. Worst case scenario, you can just Which do it. I, I still got to go. I'm just going to drive passenger. Yeah. Is Kayla coming? Yeah, Steven. I doubt it. Steven Kayla, just. Fly, if. if, if if you're gonna fly up, then she won't come. But if you fly up, I'll pick you up at Portland again, and then fuck. In worst case scenario, I could always ride with Juan. Yeah, that works too. Because it can be like a four-way bromance. I'll ride with. If no, if no, no. David dibs on Juan. If David comes too, it's gonna be me, you. When I say you, wow, me, Kyle, so Stephen, Juan, and David all in the same sleeping the... bag. That's a lot. Man, we're gonna need a custom size sleeping bag. Custom size for sure. The the debate is on whether David moves up to Boise with me or not. Do it. David, Do it. David, you don't even have a job right now. Just move up to Boise. <laughs> There's plenty of work in Boise. Yeah, you have a point. I might as well. Do it. You you're you're a male prostitute, so you might as well just move up there. New clientele. Yeah, you're a better looking version of your brother. Fuck you. No. That's confusing. I, I'd say no. Look at that beard. It's a good beard. Although, it, I expected Kyle was going to be like six foot, six two when I met him, and he's like four foot three. <laughs> four three? You're not that short, are you? He's like five ten. He's I, a little I, bit shorter I, than me. I, I'm, I'm going to say, you're not any shorter than me, really. I'm no, six I, foot. I'm a tall five nine. Kyle, why did you message me, or David? Why did you message me on Instagram correcting your name when you click on your profile from my story? It takes it to your profile. That's my Venmo. Oh, it's the same as your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw my phone off the bed. We're, when are we ending the podcast? Oh shit! We're still recording. <laughs> <laughs> We're still recording, Trevor. This All right. I'm pretty sure by now everyone's already signed off and said, fuck you guys. And if you want to... Thanks. Now. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll do Kyle. this more than once a semester. <laughs> we we, we got to do it. Right now we're at twice a year, so I feel like any yeah. improvement All is right. an improvement. So we, what we need to do is we need to get a poll going on who we should have next on the podcast. Yes. We do. Um, at what, what, when uh, Holden and I get the shop set up, we start rolling on that. We, need to we get can't it. just have Kyle on the podcast because Why? That means every six months we have Kyle on the podcast. <laughs> no, we have, we every podcast, six months we have Kyle or Keith on the podcast. I don't understand the problem. No, well, the we two need, best people to have on the podcast, but that's the only time we podcast is when we have Kyle or Keith. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked to Keith Holden. in a while. Yeah, we need to get Holden on the podcast once we get the shop up and running. 
Um, and once we figure out what we're doing, but all right, David, I need some words of wisdom to close this podcast out. I got no wisdom for you. Fuck Kyle. Just say uh, fuck Kyle. Fuck Kyle. Fuck Kyle. <laughs> you know what, guys? That's accurate. I agree. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, I stopped the recording. Wow, yeah. two hours. So That's tripping. gonna be fuck. You know, everyone loves recording. the podcast, though, so they just... I have, it's, it's pure entertainment. Yeah. I have this IS-250 with 140,000 miles. We're still recording. He said we stopped. <laughs> I stopped. Oh, shit, this. It says recording at the top. What? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I swear I clicked stop recording. It's, it's, Wait, hold, 